Are you registered for Culture Proof Conference 2024? Well, you need to get registered today. We are super excited about our first ever conference that's coming to Faith Baptist in Bartlett, Tennessee. Yes, July 18th through the 20th. And we're open, wide open. So go to cultureproof.net right now and register. Yeah, that's right. And I say the first ever conference. It's the first ever Culture Proof Conference. But everything that you love about the types of conferences that the Addisons produce all remains intact. Some of our speakers this year include the incredible Dr. Kathy Cook. Abraham Hamilton III. Dr. Renton Rathbun. Dr. Lee Brand. And Israel Wayne. And not to mention our extraordinary Culture Proof Kids and Teens tracks facilitated by Maria Hamilton. The third. And Mark and Amy (laughs) Warren. You're going to want to make sure you register. When registration fills up for those tracks, the kids tracks, we close them down because we want our classrooms to be functional and we want our kids to get the most out of those classrooms. All right, question. Mm-hmm. Is functional a word? No, probably not. So fu- functional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. I just want to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, don't let her do it. Oh, Lord. Um, when you don't have a red line in your brain, you're just going to leave it. Okay. We want to see you in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church, July 18th through the 20th. That's right. Go to cultureproof.net. Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are asking the question, what is the difference between difficult to understand and confusion? They can sound like the same thing. And maybe we use the words uh, interchangeably. You know, we say this is confusing. It's hard to understand. But does the Bible actually paint a distinction between something that is difficult to understand Mm -hmm. and something that is frankly just confusing? Um, I think it's important for us to understand that as we are navigating current cultural conversation um, as it pertains to our fidelity to scripture and um, how we continue to display that there actually is such a thing as sexual Mm -hmm. ethic and morality as it pertains to marriage and weddings. Yeah, yeah. Those are definitely two different uh, terms and words when you even just think about it. Um, it, Something that's difficult to understand is not necessarily negative, Mm -hmm. you know, like that. you you just may need some help, you know, in understanding what it is. Mm. But to be confusing, and that sounds chaotic. That sounds chaotic. That sounds like, you know, unorderly. Uh, So I think, you know, those two words we we have to look at and examine uh, as we're going to do. Uh, looking at the scriptures, but yeah, we we need to understand that there's there's something that 
uh, we don't understand that at some point, you know, that's uh, there's always something, mm-hmm. you know, but to confusing, I, I guess to me, it seems like, like, a, like a lot more negative, even though confusing don't have to be negative all the time, but it seems like more of a negative bent to it. Yeah, it, it really does have a negative bent to it. And I think it also has this idea that there is a conflict. There is something maybe um, two opposing principles or two mm. conflicting ideas, something that doesn't align, right? Yeah. Yeah. Versus I don't understand it. That doesn't mean that it's not good right. or that it doesn't make sense. It means that you don't understand it. But you, when you have something that is confusing, right, then you have something that seems like there's a conflict, there's a turmoil. And the Bible actually makes this case. Um, mm-hmm. We were talking about this. Yeah, First, First Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 14, mm-hmm. um, verse 33. Now, this is in the context of the church, uh, Paul writing to the church about the use of spiritual gifts and how they are to operate and right. function. And obviously, there was a tremendous amount of chaos happening <laughs> right. in the Corinthian church. Right. Um, but the Apostle Paul says something in the last verse of chapter 14, he writes, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Now, of course, you want to take into consideration the context here and what he's talking about, but he is also making a character statement about God. Mm. He's saying God is not the God of confusion. So God is not a confusing God. Hmm. And so he's laying out, you know, the orders um, in, in an orderly way, how to, how these gifts should be used. So if we if a person persists in, hey, I just I just want to do it this way, that brings about confusion. Yes. You know, and so I think that happens. We see that now, like when people say, well, I feel like this should happen. I just feel, I, I just feel this. I, I can't hold this back. Or I can't, you know, and. The Bible would tell us, no, that that's going to bring about confusion. That's right. It's going to cause, you know, other people to, to look at that and say, like, oh, what, what's going on? Like, I don't understand. Like, you know, more than I don't understand, but a person or a situation is causing confusion. So when you look up this word and just kind of try to get like a Greek understanding, right, what what was Um, what was the desire that the Holy Spirit had for us? Like, what did the Lord want us to know about this word, the use of this word confusion Mm -hmm. in this particular context? And the Greek word that is used there is akatastasia. Akatastasia is the word. Akatastasia. You just have to say it a number of times and then it begins (laughs) to be English to you. Akatastasia is the Greek word there. And it means instability, state of disorder, disturbance, confusion, Mm. commotion. Hmm. Now, whenever we have conversations about, you know, what can Christians do? What shouldn't Christians do? What's going to bring glory to God? If we are having those conversations around any of these descriptors, confusion, Mm. commotion, you know, um, disturbance, that cannot be of God. That cannot be of God. And so we've got to ask ourselves, okay, when we are looking for an affirmation of our choices, right? Um, Are we seeking the approval of man? Are we seeking um, man's justification? Or are we going back to the straight edge of God's word? And indeed, in Mm. order to resist cultural trends, we have to maintain um, allegiance to the truth of God's word, not even, (laughs) and and I want to be careful here, but not even an allegiance to some of our great thinkers, which we're going to quote some today. We're going to read from some of the great thinkers of our day, Christian thinkers of our day, who write wonderfully. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, they write a wonderful uh, defense for why Christians must adhere to the word of God and why Christians cannot affirm um, anything outside of biblically defined marriage. And I'm grateful for that. Mm. But I want to say this respectfully, and, and you'll hear as we get into it, reading some of their their, their work, um, we don't need them to say that. Right. It is great that they would say that. And I love to read their work. It has been a blessing to me. I'm going to read um, a piece by Carl Truman. Um but man, as brilliant as Carl Truman is, like we have the eternal word of God. That's right. That Carl Truman is brilliant, frankly, because he echoes it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty of the scripture. You know, it, you, it, anyone uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, anyone can mm-hmm. understand it. Yeah. You know, any, any, anyone can understand it, you know, whether it's a PhD, you know, whether someone who would be considered unlearned. And just thinking about what we're talking about today, I feel like, man, one of the touchstones of, of our day is confusion. Mm. Man, we see it all around, you know, uh, we see it within the church. Yes. We see it without the church or outside mm-hmm. of the church. You know, it's it seemed like that is just a part of the, the spirit of this age. It There's really a does. lot of confusion and it caused people to kind of look at, you know, even God, you know, with a view that's not right yeah. because of the confusion that goes on. Uh, and I would say, especially within the church, mm-hmm. because we're supposed to be the pill in the ground of truth. We're supposed to have a clarity about, about us uh, as it concerns different issues and stuff like that. But a lot of times I think we're presenting confusion. Yeah. You know, I think the, the enemy of our soul, the common enemy of our soul trades in confusion mm. and we see it and we live in it. So we, we don't really sense it as, as well as we should. And part mm. of this is because we're not reading God's word. So because we live in confusion, we often battle from the place of being confused already. Mm. So it's just argument for argument, opinion for opinion. We, 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 you know, toss these things back and forth, but the game changer and the tie breaker, when you have a tie of opinions, right? The tie breaker is the authoritative word of God. People don't like that, but look, man, I mean, when in the course of human history have the Christians presenting the hard truths of scripture been well-liked and well-received? Right. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, just know your history, right? right. Like know what you come from. Right. And so anyway, I was thinking of another scripture uh, because the question is, what is the difference between um, difficult to understand versus confusion? Mm-hmm. And we've already said that when we think of confusion based on the Greek word that is used here, we think of something that is negative. Mm-hmm. We think of something that doesn't align, something that maybe even is um, contradicting itself, mm-hmm. you know, so so it's confusing to people when they hear it versus something that is not not confusing, but is difficult to understand, right? right? Difficult to understand, meaning it does make sense, but (laughs) it is difficult to understand. Mm -hmm. A lot of us, I feel like may fall in that category, but then we, we mistake that for confusion. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it.
Yeah, I, I think you're right. And then that is where the Holy Spirit comes in. It helps us to understand, to give us an understanding of maybe things that we don't understand. I mean, if you have the Apostle Peter uh, saying that, you mm-hmm. know, about the writings of the Apostle Paul, yeah. you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, it's just that, man, you know, uh, this is difficult to understand. But there's there could be a reason why it's difficult mm-hmm. to understand. Now, if those reasons are bad, it's because, if it's because you operate in confusion or you're... That that's then, usually the reason. Yeah. So yeah. then that's, you know, but on its face being difficult to, to understand, to understand there, there are many concepts and things like that that could be in that category. But again, that's why we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us to bring that illumination and that light and to help us to understand. Let's take a look at the scripture that you just referred to, because in Peter's second letter to the church in the last chapter of Second Peter, um, the Apostle Peter is talking about um, the end of the age and, and, and you know, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, that the day of the Lord will come. And as he gets to the end of this chapter, he says, therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things in which are some things hard to understand. Mm. Some things are hard to understand. And then he says, which the untaught and unstable distort as they do also the rest of the scriptures to their own mm. destruction. Mm. But can I, he, he doesn't stop there, right? But wait, mm. there's more. He says, you therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. This is mm. profound yeah. because there's several things that's happening here, right? So for one, you've got the Apostle Peter acknowledging Mm -hmm. that the Apostle Paul is writing under the authority and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. It is a wisdom that is given to him. Right. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, you've got the Apostle Peter actually saying that, yes, what the Apostle Paul is writing is scripture. Right. So this is not something that caught these men off guard that they were like, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe this is scripture. No, they knew that they were writing doctrine for the church. Mm -hmm. They knew that they were writing scripture. So here you have the apostle Peter is acknowledging that fact when he says that what the apostle Paul writes, our brother Paul writes, is difficult to understand. But then he says the unstable twist it as they do (laughs) the rest of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. Please know that... In real time, you have almost sort of like a an encouragement to cross-reference. These things are difficult, and these things get twisted, just like the rest of the scriptures that the unstable try to twist. Mm. So that means you're going to be able to check what the Apostle Paul is saying against the rest of the scriptures. Whenever yeah. you see that there are questions about what is being said, then you have the rest of the scriptures. And I think that's what we've got to always go back to, mm-hmm. the rest of the scriptures. If we have a question about our ethics, how we operate, 100%. no matter what our time is that we're living in, we got to go back to the scriptures. Yeah, 100% we, we do. In 
that's what the scriptures are there for to give us that boundary and the guideline, the plumb line mm-hmm. on how you know things are supposed to operate. When we fail to do that, then we find ourselves in confusion. That's right. But we have the word of God, so there's no excuse. There's no excuse. The word of God never fails. It's, it's solid. It's been tested, you know, throughout time. And so when we have these issues arise, why not fall back on the word of God? What does God say about this? Yeah. You know, it's so tempting to j- just listen to, well, what is the culture saying? What mm-hmm. is this person saying? This this great mind or this person. But what does the Bible say? Yeah. You know, and so I think if we had that type of mentality and that attitude, you know, concerning every situation, we would be like, man, we, we would be in a solid place as well because the Bible holds us accountable. It yeah. tells us exactly how we should think about uh, issues of the day. There's no excuse at all. No, there's really not. And I was thinking about this and I'm curious to know your take on this, mm-hmm. but I was wondering about what motivates us when we are tempted to have an allegiance that is stronger um, toward man than it is God's word. And honestly, you know, that that is a little bit scary to me when mm. I see people who are like, well, this is my favorite. And so I automatically am on his side or mm. I'm automatically on her side. Mm. And then you've got faithful believers who are saying, but wait a minute, does God's word support what your favorite has said? And people are like, la, 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 la. Mm. They're like, I can't hear you. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I I feel like that's a danger. And it's always been a danger in the church that you have the cult of personality. You know, I follow Paul. I follow Mm -hmm. Apollos. Mm -hmm. I follow Cephas. Oh, I follow Jesus. I'm more spiritual than all of you. Mm. I mean, this was sort of like where the the church in Corinth was hanging out, right? Mm. The cult of personality. But it's dangerous to be so connected to just people Mm. that you can't scrutinize the word of God and ask the Lord, God, what are you saying? Even if these are people that I love, even if these are people that I've historically trusted, Lord, what are you saying? Yeah, we have to definitely, you know, make sure our hearts are in the right right place. You know, um, yeah, God gives gifts to the body, you know, through different individuals and people who are able to maybe break down scripture and, mm-hmm. and teach certain things. Those are blessings, but they should never uh, supersede our value and work that we put on the scriptures. As a matter of fact, the scriptures should be our plumb line, our straight edge by which we evaluate what someone is saying. Mm. But a lot of times when we get to the point where it's just about personality or style and we just love how this person moves us with their words or mm-hmm. what, what they're saying, then we fall into that trap of not holding them accountable like we we can get to in, in that trap where it's like man i just take what they say i just take what they say but man my my pastor used to always say it's like man don't just believe me mm-hmm. you know go check it out for yourself we That's all right. have the word of god and remember there was a time where people you know couldn't have the word of god like they come on you know they were like um not admonished to read the bible right man we we we're not in that place mm-hmm. and so if no matter who it is what teacher and man we need to always be able to bring them back to the word of god and say is this true and yeah. even what we were talking about with pastor big and not to just pile on that he has to submit to the word of god as well that's right and so he may be a great teacher a very humble teacher you know someone who's been teaching for a long time at the same time if there's something that's off we always hold them to the scripture mm-hmm. it's not that we don't love that person and and, and not praying for and, and just discard but man the word of God that's our that's our straight edge amen. and we have to keep it that way amen you know I think about in what we do with our children you know we've got six children 17 down to three 
we're going to be at this for a long time. But I think about what we try to build in them, a confidence in God's word, that even when they come to us with questions, we don't want to present ourselves as the immediate authority. The question is, well, let's see what God's word says about this. Mm -hmm. Do do we have a biblical ethic for this? Like, what is our response? Because there are things that as parents, you know, we have our opinions. We have things that, I just don't like that. I I just don't want you to do that. And then we have things that like, no, that that's morally wrong. No, you no. this is an affront to the holiness of God. Let me show you. Here's my proof text. And even then, when our kids are communicating with us, the teenagers, at least when they are communicating to to us a position that they have taken on an issue, our question is, where do you find that in Scripture? Mm hmm. Do you have a biblical support for that? Why do we do that? It, it would be very easy for us to just take our position, paraphrase scripture mm-hmm. and apply it to our own wisdom. Like, you know, that this just sounds good. Our parents are smart because really what we're doing is we're just telling them the Bible. We could do that, right? And God's word is powerful. It would have a positive effect on their life. But what is eternally impactful is for us to take them back to the word of God teach them how to search the scriptures, show them that the wisdom, if they perceive it to be wise, show them that the instruction comes from the word of God. It is Mm -hmm. not something that we have made up. This builds a confidence in God's word. It, It shows that we really believe that it's reliable and that it can be trusted. My concern with where we are in the culture today, as the church functions, my concern is that we really in practice now, not in what we say, but in practice, we have lost the awe of God's word. We have lost that sort of like flat footedness about God's word. And we really are, even those of us who would have looked even like just two weeks ago and said, oh no, I am, I am a Bible believing Christian. You know, we have moments in culture that really press us and prove if we are, Mm. you know, because it's easy when you've got the people who are like, um, excuse me for saying it this way, but like certified heretics. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very easy for (laughs) us to say, oh, my goodness, be warned, stay away, stay away. And we we like to believe that, hey, we're Bible believing Christians because we're able to recognize the obvious heresies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. You should be able to recognize the obvious heresies. Right. But it's the unstable twisting of scripture that I think is more subtle. Mm -hmm. And I think the enemy really likes to hang out there. And I think you see a lot of Christians kind of um, falter in that because it's like we only have these two categories. Mm -hmm. Right. Identified heretic. Right. Or like faithful Bible teacher. (laughs) Right. And so if the faithful Bible teacher says something that contradicts with scripture, Mm or causes confusion, we don't have a box for that. So we're like, well, they're not wrong then. Mm. Because we don't want to we don't want to say certified heretic. And right. I agree. Right. We don't want to say certified heretic. But aren't we smart enough? Aren't we filled with the spirit of God that we could say this person has been solid, mm-hmm. but this is wrong. Yeah. And and we want to humbly and yet sternly say I reject that. And yeah. and it's important that we do that. Again, we mentioned Rosaria Butterfield and you know, it's one of those things where she is so well respected. So such man, I mean just such a, a wonderful contribution to the body of Christ, right? But she was like using people's preferred pronouns until right. the Lord opened her eyes and showed her that she was wrong. Now, in in the the time that she was using people's preferred pronouns, was she a certified heretic? No. Did we disagree with that? Yes. Were we vocal about that? Yes. Like, no, Mm -hmm. we don't use people's preferred pronouns because flatly, I mean, and we don't even need to be like theologically (laughs) deep on this. You're lying. 
Like right. I don't. And now I can say that with love and respect for Rosaria Butterfield and where she was. Okay, mm-hmm. she openly repented of that position. But I can say. Listen, I love what you've done. I think it's an incredible contribution that you've made to the bride, but you're wrong on this. Right, this is this right. is flatly just lying to people. Yeah. No, I think we have to be able to do that and do it with grace. Yeah. You know, um cuz because the Bible even admonishes us, you know, like in situations of you dealing with another believer and maybe they are in sin, you know, you who are spiritual, you know, mm. you restore in gentleness Gently. and meekness. Yeah. You know, so I think with uh, the situations that we come across like this, if a person has a track record uh, of being solid and and not making heretical statements, because some of the, the other people, they constantly make heretical statements. And, it, you know, it's, it's easier to say, like, yes. You know, I think there is an amount of grace that uh, should be shown, but there, there's also a sternness that should be uh, adhered to as far mm-hmm. as uh, administered maybe, you know, on no, the scriptures say, say this, mm-hmm. and we can't get away from that, Amen. you know, and I, and we have to be bold enough to say that and not flinch, you know, even uh, if there's backlash on us by saying, oh, y'all being too hard or whatever. No, no, we're just saying, let's look at the scripture. Where can you show me that this is appropriate behavior? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so it's sad that that even is, is questioned like, well, what, you know, you, it, no, 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 let's take it to the Bible. That's yeah. our straight edge. And so I think we have to be able to do that i feel the same way about politics i feel like you know sometimes christians can get so so sucked into a certain you know party or whatever that we lose our prophetic voice to Mm. be able to say no this is wrong i don't care what party i have you know been a part of for for a long time i'm gonna say that this is wrong because i'm a christian first that's so good and 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 my straight edge is the word of god and so we have to have that type of approach to everything that's to you know we're we're not being pharisees because we're saying look at the bible what does the bible say about Mm -hmm. that you know we're we're being uh, we're showing fidelity to the scriptures and and to god by saying man what does god say about this issue and it's interesting to me that you know and i'm just i'm throwing this out here as a point of reference in time but what you just said we're showing fidelity to the scriptures by saying, what does God's word say? Two weeks ago, the same people who are calling us Pharisees in agreement um, would have agreed with us that we should go to the word of God. But then when when the word of God, Mm. man, this is so sad to me, but when the word of God um, conflicts with our favorite pastor or teacher, Mm -hmm. then one must go and sadly, people are choosing God's word. And and I feel like the choice is a convenient choice. People say, well, this is one of those debatable matters. We just don't understand, you know, the Bible is not clear. Strangely enough, that is the same argument that is made by many people who want to live in their sin. Right. The Bible is not clear. They will say things like, well, this word does not appear in scripture. <laughs> Never anywhere in scripture do you see this, you know? And it's like, these things become smoke screens behind which you are free to live in sin. Mm. I think it's really mm. dangerous to say that a person who points out sin or says, hey, you know, this is an affront to the holiness of God, that that person is being holier than thou or that person is being a Pharisee. Look, let's just get it out here in the open. OK, I'm, I'm about to re- reveal the secret. OK, lean in. <laughs> Here's the secret. Nobody wants to talk about it, but I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm just going to tell it. Okay? All right. Here's the thing. Christians are horrible people. Christians deserve <laughs> death. Okay? Christians are not good. I'm a Christian. I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a horrible person. I deserve to die for my horribleness. 
Okay. And all of its manifestations, scum of the earth, unworthy to be looked upon by the Lord. Right. Can we just get that out? Like, mm. so all of the ad hominem attacks that we see, like from the comments, people are just like, oh, you holier than thou and all of these things. Okay. Yes. I, we, I am all of those things that you just said. I am all of those things. Do you understand that when someone publicly says that he or she is a Christian, they actually are agreeing with you that they're a horrible person. It's just that they have come to recognize it. Mm. So the Christian says, man, I am a horrible person. I deserve death. I really should die for who I am at my core, who I am at my core. But there is one who stood in my place and received the judgment that I deserved. So now I don't have to die for who I was. I am a new creature in Christ. That is what the Christian is saying. So for all of the people who say, oh, you Christians think that you're this and you think it's like the Christian is like, no, I don't think I know that I was that. Yeah. I know that I was that. And I know every day I require and am desperate for the grace of God. So mm -hmm. we can stop with the cowering when people attack us personally, because really their accusations are right. Yep, yeah, we're hypocrites. <laughs> Left to ourselves, we are the scum of the earth. But there is one who has transformed us radically. And that one is worthy that we adhere to his word, Amen. that we go back to scripture. And so I was thinking about this and, you know, there are a couple articles that I read and I wanted to talk about them because the question of this being a confusing issue, can a Christian attend an LGBT wedding? Can a Christian attend a, an LGBT pronoun name announcement or pronoun change like transgender confusion? New, it's <laughs> it's even, are, even confusing to talk about it. Like it's these like, are all of the categories. Uh, like, I don't know how to say, yeah. but these are some of the questions that arise. You know, can we participate <laughs> in what the Bible describes as deeds of darkness and use as a justification that Jesus ate with sinners? <laughs> I just don't see that in scripture. I don't see Jesus excusing or confusing people over their sin. You see the call to repentance and you see such a, a holiness, right, of the Lord that it commands the desire to repent. Like there is this revelation that certainly comes or suddenly comes into view or into focus that like, man, I'm a horrible person. Mm. I really deserve death and judgment. And, and you are willing to look upon me? Like, that's not often the testimony of the people who are trying to make nice with the culture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And how long does it take for them to win them over by just being their friend? And and do they die in their sin in the process of that? Mm. You know, while we're attempting to be winsome and to love people, is there destruction that the enemy has waiting for them? You know, is there destruction just waiting in the wings for them that while we are just loving them and making nice, you know, then all of a sudden they're gone. And we're like, man, where was my opportunity? Well, you mm. know, it was between the use of the pronouns and the attendance of the, the wedding. Yeah. You know, I would say this, implementing these things, it's not easy. No. We've had experiences, yes. personal experiences with choosing the word of God over our feelings and our emotions that could be, you know, intertwined in it. And it's not it's an not easy, easy thing, but God is worthy. Amen. He's holy. And that's, that's the bottom line. Right. And so, and, and also there's a love that is being displayed for the other person. If you adhere to God's word, Amen. when you feel like you're being loving because you're not saying something or you're trying to like, you know, soft pedal, you know, what God's words say about a situation, you're being unloving but we have it in our mind that no i'm trying not to offend and, and to show love but that's not true love it's not you know and i think you know just for the sake 
of the discussion, maybe we should do a part two and talk about uh, Carl Truman's, you know, um, yeah. Uh, you know, comments, his book and stuff like that and, and, and get into it again, you know, but I, I feel like we have to uh, uh, be firm on that. This is the straight edge. The Bible is, you know, our, our guide and the things that we're dealing with in this culture can be answered mm. through the word of God. There may be some difficulty in implementing it because of our feelings, because of our humanity, because we don't want to like, you know, hurt feelings and all that. That's very real feelings. You don't, we don't desire to do that. But God is holy. Amen. And so the ultimate thing is to please him. Amen. To please him. And so pleasing him is going to cause us to have to do some things that will make us feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. These are the things that brought the Christians to the lions. These are the things that got Christians' heads cut off because they stood on the word of God. They didn't flinch, Mm -hmm. you know, and the ones that did flinch, they were were called lapses. They were the ones who lapsed in their fate. Like, this is not uh, for the weak hearted. Like, this stuff is real. What we're dealing with in America today is very real. The pressure from society, mm-hmm. the, the pressure to uh, capitulate to what's going on, the, the, the ideas of the day is very real. But we have the word of God. Amen. We can trust the word of God has been tried, has been tested. And so we have to stand firm on it. Amen. And the question is, is there a difference between difficult to understand and confusion? I think God's word tells us yes. There is absolutely a difference. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is we want to resist those cultural trends that rival the truth and uh, remain culture proof. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless. We will edit this. <laughs> I thought that was a hard word. It's a hard word. <laughs> it's Greek to me. The Greek, the Greek word there is, and it means <laughs> look for a clean break <laughs> and make me look smart. Get out there and make me look smart. Um, I feel like this is going to be in the post roll. So just y'all just get ready for it. Okay. Can Miki speak Greek? No, she cannot. Okay. But praise the Lord that I can even understand the English. I don't have to speak Greek, right? The Bible is in plain language. Oh, and I'm so grateful for that. that. I'm so grateful for the simpletons among us, right? Um, here, here. Akatastasia. Akatastasia is the Greek word that is used in first Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33.